Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Code Concepts with Pete Roque and Rachel Patterson. Our friend Rachel isn't available at the moment. She's at a different venue, but she will be joining us uh, momentarily. Today, we have two special guests. Um, uh, today is 3-11, which is National 311 Day. So we have the two, what we call OGs of the 311 universe. We have Janice Quintana and we have Lisa Allen joining us today to talk about 311. So let me introduce uh, both of them. First, we have Janice Quintana, who is a self proclaimed government nerd. I can attest to that. You know, so um, she works in uh, she works in local government, a customer service and service delivery space for different municipalities. Uh, she was the director for the Mayor's Customer Service Center in Washington, D.C., and became the director of the Office of uh, Un uh, Unified Communications, uh, which offers uh, both 911 and 311. Uh, she also implemented the 311 organizations uh, in 2008. Uh, she later, later became the 311 director of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina and Atlanta, Georgia. And she is a go-to person for all things 311. Yes, she is. And also we have Miss Lisa Allen on with us. Uh, uh, so uh, Lisa Allen is the call center director for the city of Baltimore. Uh, uh, Baltimore was actually the first city in the country to implement the 311 number. So kudos. Um, and, and started out as a non-emergency call center in partnership with the Department of Justice, uh, given the success and the notoriety of Baltimore. Uh, it was a successful project and it was fitting and uh, pretty much uh, the call center has been the recipient of several prestigious and uh, awards and strives to continue to be innovative and an industry uh, leader in the 311 world. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, it's a it's a mouthful. <laughs> 311, nationally uh, recognized number. Uh, you know, for those that uh, know what 411 is, if it still exists, you know, you call in, hey, what time is it? They will tell you the time. 311 is for non-emergency municipal services, uh, all things uh, that, you know, you need assistance with. 311 is there, uh, similar to 911 system for emergency uh, systems where, you know, you uh, for calls for service. So with that, I'm going to um, start off with them is uh, Janice. Janice, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started in the 311, and then we'll move on to Lisa. Sure. Well, I'm originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, I started to work in private industry in the call center world for MCI, and I moved to the Virginia Beach area. And then I moved to um, Arlington, Virginia, and MCI folded, so I got recruited by um, the headhunter to come and run the mayor's call center in D.C. because he wanted someone with that kind of private industry background it was already created. And then I moved on to be the director of 911, and then I implemented 311, and then moved to North Carolina to be the director of 31 in Atlanta. And that's how it all started. It started in a call center background and got recruited by someone to come and work in local government. And so, you know, 18, 20 years later, here I am. I'm now consulting for a company that's uh, called CityBot that is a AI chatbot tech solution that works with local government. So that's how I got in local government. Awesome. And Lisa, how, how did you venture into uh, 311? Well, I actually uh, was in change management and operations and customer service in the private industry for a while. And I was recruited by the mayor of Baltimore at that time because the vision was that um, we wanted to use 311 not only as a non-emergency number, which was then answered by police officers, but pulling in general city services and information um, in an effort to actually measure how the city was performing in city services and in services that our citizens and customers were um, wanting the city of Baltimore to do. So I was uh, recruited by the city of Baltimore to uh, consolidate the call centers uh, that were all over the world, all over the city. Um, you know, what happens in government back then was uh, if you didn't know what somebody was doing or you didn't have a job for them, you told them to answer the phone. Well, that wasn't a, that was the government. But back then we decided that we were going to come in with a professional call center and we actually transitioned the police non-emergency number, which was being answered by police officers to a civilian group and we started uh, to consolidate all the call centers and that's how we came up to use 311 as just the general service number or your one call to City Hall for the City of Baltimore. Uh, so that's how I started. Uh, I was going to actually pull that project together. I decided that would probably take about five years but I'm still there and love it. <laughs> 
No, it's it's funny. So, um, you know, I know it's three one one. So now, uh, is three one one normally used? It's normally used for non emergency numbers across the United States, correct? So, what are, what are the kind of calls that you normally would get for three one one? Well, it, I don't think it was normally used for non-emergency. That's what Baltimore and why we were the first city to use it as another number or another number in the city. We decided to try to take and see how many calls we could take off a 911 if we promoted a 311 number for things that don't need medical, fire, or um, or police emergencies. So I don't know how many people, you know, consolidated those groups, but we did. So it's usually 311 is used, again, in Baltimore, you call 311 for anything. Um, visitors know it, uh, the customers know it, the citizens know it. We answer anything with the exception of people calling and they got that down now. Um, for people's phone numbers. We don't do that. We get calls about any and everything. What time do the Ravens play? To, <laughs> to, I need the street cleaned. So we answer it all. Um, our goal is we have 100% resolution and call intake in that center. We do not transfer. We leave folks in the agencies available to do the work that needs to be done. Awesome. So, uh, so in many respects, let's say, for example, I called about my, you know, like I worked in city government before and, you know, and, and a lot of times you get a call and you have to route the call. So 311 normally folks are trained to know where the call goes. That way you maximize the amount of efficiency to uh, jurisdiction, correct? We, we don't, we use a CRM tool to make sure that we capture all of the calls, which is configured to move that call to the appropriate agency. And one thing about Baltimore is we have a full circle. We not only do customer service, we do good service delivery, and we measure that. So we measure that by we've taken the call in in 311, we've pushed it out through technology to the correct agency. They do as they may with it based on an estimated SLA and go back into the CRM tool and leave us notes or close it out. In that way, we can analyze how long it has taken for each call from the time it got to the call center to the time that the agency closed it out. So that's another caveat with Baltimore. We actually branded that as a city stat project. So that too has taken off in many areas of the country called other things but it's definitely a performance management tool yeah, so so also, to oh. answer your question really quick peter is that the three and one employees are really well versed um because they take like lisa said everything um and they learn so much i know that i lost a lot of people in the cities that i worked at and i'd get mad because they were poaching my employees and the mayor would say no it's a positive <laughs> thing so People like to get city 301 employees um, in different areas because they're used to working and talking to constituents and angry constituents and they know the system. And so they they are really well versed. You know, and, and you know, me working in uh, municipal government and actually being in a complaint center, you know, answering those complaints, I 100 percent. That's a special skill within itself, you know, especially, you know, I, I always compare, you know, municipal government with, you know, your server. You bring a you know, bring a dish and the, the person's mad and you're like, hey, why are you blaming me? It was the cook. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, when, when you're answering these calls for service, we always have to maintain our, you know, our the best foot forward customer service and like uh, Lisa said good uh, service delivery that's that's so important because you know what this is sometimes you guys are frontline staff that you know you guys are the face of whatever jurisdiction you're servicing mm -hmm. in one so you you have to give that 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 um you have to maintain you know that persona saying you know what we're friendly we're customer service oriented we want to help you we want to get you to the right people to resolve your issues so compliance is such a awesome tool so now um in, in your jur jurisdictions that like you served in uh, north Car uh, north carolina and georgia can you tell us is there any difference in the 311 systems or are they pretty much basically the same most of the most of the three ones have a few things in common, like potholes or you know solid waste services type of calls. Um, but what was unique in Charlotte and also in um, Atlanta is that they took all the utility water calls. Um, so not just you know like um, 
a leak outside. They did the billing and they took calls of people about their water bill. So that was very unique. A lot of 31 cities do not take water calls. And then what was unique about D.C. is that it is a city, a county, and a state. So we took calls for the Department of Motor Vehicles, which is about 900,000 calls just by itself. That wouldn't happen in any other city because that's a state function. So there is a uh, basic foundation across the board, but every city is unique. And Lisa, you can talk about, you know, Baltimore being unique. Yeah, yeah. Both the way Baltimore is unique, and, and like Janice said, they're very, very, very. There are a lot of variations around the country, but in Baltimore, um, ours is we answer, of course, within the city limits, but in the county limits, we also answer the phone for water issues. So that's where we are unique. We do have a separate water billing system, water billing center, but uh, we do answer the calls if there are issues or things that the county has to deal with regarding water. So I would say that is our most unique thing, that we go outside the city lim limits to answer those calls only for the county. And that so was unique with Charlotte, too. I'm sorry. It's uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg County, and it was called Charmec 311 because we did take um, county calls, too. Mm -hmm. So now in, in your experience, do you see that, um, you know, as, as you know, technology is moving forward, is it is it moving more towards a, like a smartphone application? And, and if so, what kind of what kind of folks are you um, are, are assigned to those type of roles, like versus the call center versus, you know, maybe answering somebody online? Mm -hmm. Well, what, what we're seeing, and we're moving technology as it goes forward, uh, we do have a mobile app. We You can put a service request in on the web. Um, but from my experience and from the data, Baltimore is a big data uh, city, um, people are actually calling 311 more. I know a lot of a lot of the hypothesis around um, leveraging technology is that people, it would reduce the phone traffic. We're not finding that. And I think in Baltimore, we're not finding that because we answer the phone in a very timely fashion. We find that um, if, in my experience, if your wait times are a little longer than people may go to other options to get their point across or put their service request in because the mobile app and the web is very easy. It goes right to the same system in your, it's no difference. It gets pushed to the agency just like any other if you called. But in, in Baltimore's experience, people, our, our telephone contacts far outnumber our technology. And of course, we're looking to leverage more technology such as chat and text as we go along. So we're working on that now. So that'll be interesting to see how many people maybe go to that portal to put in a service request. What's funny, Peter, is, or Pete, when we first started, Lisa and I, it was just all the building and phone. And so now 31 centers that are popping up that are new, um, they don't just have a brick and mortar. You know, we, I think, Lisa, when we started, websites were just, you know, going. There was no online services on websites and no apps and no, you know, chat online. So there's a lot of different options. So I think the way you open your 311, if you offer those in the beginning, people may use them. But Baltimore is, you know, the, the model, they were the first one, they gave that service on the phone, and that's what their community is used to. And most of the cities, I think probably they still call a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's important for people to know, um, you know, because, you know, the the way you and I, Janice, connected, you know, I'm the I'm, I'm pretty sure that 311 gets a lot of code enforcement calls, you know, whether, you know, it's like, you know, and a lot of times it's, you know, you, you can't really solve code enforcement questions on a 311 call because you actually have to go out there and do an inspection, mm -hmm. you know, there's a file smell, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to send it to code enforcement. And, you know, so when you get those calls I, you know you refer them to to code and you and I talked uh, you know and and I always tell a story how we kind of got connected you know Janice uh, you know Janice is a big presence on LinkedIn I'm a big presence on LinkedIn we reached out she wrote an awesome article on me on and you know on the just code enforcement and you know and today it's still the number one Google searched uh, article out there and I'm so proud of it so thank you Janice giving me that platform but it's important uh, for people to know that 311 and code enforcement do work hand in hand uh, because you know you do get those calls like hey this my neighbor's working in his front lawn on his you know he's running an auto mechanic shop you know so you, you get those crazy calls and you know sometimes you, you sit there and you just can't make this stuff up but you know the call kind of calls you here and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you guys about those calls i mean what kind of calls do you guys get uh 311 that it, you just like it blows your mind 
Lisa, you take that. You're you're in the midst of it. Yeah, well, you know what? We we were just laughing yesterday, my team and I, about, you know, reminiscing back since it's 311 day today and just laughing at some of the calls. But I'll tell you, um, if we go to code enforcement, one of the challenges that we have as a customer service center and a call center is, again, I want to emphasize partnering, partnering with the agency for good service delivery. And it's important that we work very closely with code enforcement because a lot of things need to be done in between before you close out or say a service request is complete. So that's a big challenge because in, in code enforcement, they're going to send out somebody, as you said, Peter, to look. They're going to determine what's wrong. It's still not done, but they're going to push it to someone else to make sure maybe it's high grass and weeds. The inspector doesn't cut the grass. Maybe it's boarding that needs to be done. Maybe, as you said, it's a foul smell, you know, so they have to determine where to within their partnerships to push that call to. So the customer's still waiting for something to be done. So we have to make sure we communicate with the customer that we did go out there. We talked to the person who owns the property. We're going to give them a chance to cut the grass themselves before we have to intervene. So it's very important that communication within that time they called to when the process is taking place that the customer actually understands what's going on. So we pride ourselves on really working toward making sure people know what's going on in between. Because when customers call about anything, when they call, they expect that grass to be cut and it to be gone the next day. Um, I often make a joke at, about trash and they say, oh, my trash, I got it. My trash got missed or whatever. And they call back and say, it's still out there. I said, well, you know what? The customer service agent didn't put you on hold, put on a jumpsuit, go get your trash. <laughs> so, you know, you have to kind of, you know, talk to customers and get them to understand in a nice way what has to go on and communication in that in that period of time is very important. So, you know, we get all kinds of calls and we just have to adapt to what's going on. A young lady called once non-emergency at that and said that Domino's didn't put enough toppings on her pizza. So we often have to go back to those type of calls and kind of say, you know, customers really think we do everything and we feel good about that. We never say, oh, I can't believe they didn't call. They called about that. We want to be that face of the city. And you can call us about anything because we politely will say, well, you know what? <laughs> so uh, those, those it, it, these stories could go on and on. Oh, so yeah. we, we get calls about everything and, and we appreciate every call. No, I bet somebody's, you know, in code enforcement, we get those random calls too. You know, I've gotten, you know, the kids screaming all night, you know, newborn crying all night and we need to do something about it. Well, it's a baby. It's going to cry. So, I mean, it happens. So, you know, um, so now when, when it comes and, you know, this, this shows more focus around code enforcement, 311. And so now with 311, let's say for a lot of times, uh, code enforcement officers have their own, like, you know, uh, software or, you know, in different jurisdictions, they have their own software. Now, does that software, um, how does it communicate with 311? That way, if somebody calls back, do you guys look up the information and say, you know what? And actually, it got assigned to an officer. The officer went out there and, you know, you need to call this number to follow up with them or or, or how, how does that work? Well, again, we really discourage and don't transfer calls or refer calls to other people as much yeah. as we can. So um, any interface, and yes, code enforcement is a very good example of that because they have to track and keep up with um, when to go back and check, when to give a notice, when to maybe transfer the call to solid waste because the customer isn't, for example, cutting the grass within the allotted amount of time. So they do, so not only code enforcement, but some agencies do have an interface to kind of track the work, but it's important that that interface interface with or connect to our CRM tool. So we're constantly getting updates. And when customers again call, we're not going to send them to code enforcement just because we've kind of transferred the first call. We should be able to go in and see what stage every piece of that process is in so that we can actually tell the customer, um, you know, and we're given we give the person a little bit of time to cut the grass you know the next step is this so please be patient but always you can call back and see where that process is within your first call a few days ago 
So the interface between a third party or a, a, a CRM tool that maybe the agency has, and there are not many in Baltimore, everybody works out of our system. And again, if you don't, you have to make sure that your interface is telling our system what to do every step of the way. And we, I, you know, I've worked in jurisdictions where we had like an online reporting tool. We didn't have a three in one one, and and you know that got assigned to me. You know, I'm also doing other duties, and it's it's hard. Uh, you know, I'm telling you right now, it's hard to track all these calls and calls for research. It is very difficult. So, I, kudos to three one one because you know what, that is a full time job within itself. Being able to answer these, respond in a timely manner, get people the right information. You know, just, you know, there's a lot of jurisdictions that don't have a 311 system and maybe they should because it's just one of those, uh, you know, people have needs constantly all day long. So, you know, let's say, for example, I'm in a jurisdiction and I just, you know what, the customer service, uh, you know, it just isn't there. How does how does one go about uh, reaching out to a to like um, to a, you know, 311 vendor to get that thing started? You know, how do I get? How do I implement a 311 system in my jurisdiction if we don't have one? Well, uh, the first thing I would say, and we're lucky now, I mean, Janice and I talk about how long we've been around, but Neil, there are consortiums of us. So don't reinvent the wheel. Reach out to your fellow cities and counties and jurisdictions and see what they're doing and start there. So I know, I know, Janice. You, I know you speak to different organizations. So how do you get started with, the, you know, assisting somebody and getting that process going to help them uh, with a three one one system? Well, I, you know, it really starts from the top. So you, you know, you go with to your mayor and you let him know all these different cities that have three in one. Some new ones that have opened up recently in the last few years, like Suffolk County in New York. Um, people know the three ones are out there. Usually the new mayors will come in there. Or you go speak with the mayor. Like Lisa said, you know, we, it's a really close network, 311, and we have some organizations. So, and people are always willing to help. So that's how it really would start. Probably go to your city manager, your, your uh, mayor, and um, show them different examples. You know, uh, Baltimore was the very first one, and her mayor went on to be a governor. And there's, uh, you know, Mayor Bloomberg created the one in New York City. Mayor Adrian Finty created the one in D.C. So there is a lot of information now. It's a lot easier than it was before to start one. Now, as far as uh, three one, let's say I, let's say my city. So I was in the city of Garden Grove, and I thought it was a great idea to have a three one one system. Now, let's say somebody does have a three one one system. How does one go about promoting it or having public outreach and let the public know, hey, we have a three one one system now. This is how it works. What are things that you would? recommend for somebody to say, hey, you know what, uh, 311 is used for so-and-so or used for this. What are specific examples, you know, that a, a normal person would say, hey, oh, look, I can use 311. What are some examples? Well, in Baltimore, what we did, because again, it was unheard of, so we had to figure out how to get people to call 311 um, instead of look at literally an inch book, like a Yellow Pages book, and that try to decide who does what. So really, our, our secret was that I've shared with everyone, take those phone numbers, all those 200 and million phone numbers that people used to call and forward them in to 311. Mm -hmm. So then as time went on, people thought they were calling and going to hear the Department of Public Works. Now they hear Thank you for calling 311. Kind of startled them at first, but you know that that really worked. And also, as Janice mentioned, the people at the top, your mayor, your city administrator, every time they're in the street, they have to remind people to call 311. We always knew when that happened because people would call us up and say, oh, the mayor was on TV. Uh, I wasn't listening. He told us to call 311. Well, he told you to call 311 for a specific thing, but you missed that. <laughs> but it's okay. You know, that was some about promoting, you know, it's okay. So that was our, our trick because that, that was very tricky. For 200 years, people have been calling a million phone numbers. How do yeah. you get them to call one? You just forward those numbers into that one place. And yeah. you know, it's so different now, too, because we have social media. You have communication um, teams. Um, the old-fashioned way of going to community meetings, I had to do that a lot in D.C. And then getting different ambassadors to, you know, like Lisa said, you're the leadership, but, you know, directors from Solid Waste Services, your council members, the, you know, their staff, because they get a lot of calls for potholes and stuff like that, too. So they help, you know, push it forward. So 
um, yeah, it's, you know, we put, we put signs in the subway, you know, at the bus stops, mm-hmm. um, just like any other kind of way. I think going out to community meetings is a big one too. That's, you know, nothing beats that. Now, you know, as far as 311 goes, is it important for jurisdictions once they get onto the 311, uh, you know, that they made a commitment to be responsive? Because sometimes you can have a 311 system and, you know, you just take a bunch of calls and people don't respond. So is it important for the cities that are implementing these to say, hey, we really need to, you know, make sure we have those, uh, you know, those good customer service um you know, outputs as far as, you know, being responsive, uh, being, you know, if, if you report a pothole, I'm out there within a certain amount of time. So it's important for jurisdictions or to or agencies to say, yeah, we, you know, if we're going to get behind this, this needs to be part of the, the, the implementation. Well, that's part of the whole process. I mean, when we started, we actually got with the agencies and asked them, and it was very funny. We, we said, so how long do you think it's going to take you to do this so we can come up with the SLA? But what data showed us um, as we went along was sometimes I would go back and say, you know, you're telling us to tell people this is going to take 20 days, but in using the data that I have from when the customers have called in and asked for this service and you've done it, you've been doing it an average of 10 days. So can we lower the service request and of the service level and of course that can go the other way but it is extremely important for you to partner and make a full circle with your service delivery team and make sure they're on board but being very patient because once you can call a phone number and you expect you get a service request that you can track and you expect service, the service has to take place. So we work very closely with agencies because if not, the whole system doesn't work. Now, of course, you see, three one one didn't work. To my example of we didn't do we weren't doing the job but you don't want to say that because we are a partnership you have to say that and support the agencies but that is a very important part of the process you also don't realize how much more work you get when people know what number to call and that's the beauty of 311 in the data before there wasn't that data so we have a lot of this data to see that you know Maybe the department and Lisa will agree a lot of these agencies didn't like it in the beginning if you can go back to them and say, you're not filling the pothole in 24 hours. It's taking you, you know, 60 hours. <laughs> and, um, and then working with them to say that maybe you should make the SLA a little bit longer because what you want to do is manage the community's expectations. Yeah. So it's supposed to be done in two days and it's not getting done in five days. Well, maybe you need to change the SLA. We can't wait till you hire a lot of people. Um, maybe you're being a little bit too um, aggressive and it's not realistic. So that data with 311 is so important. And that's when Lisa had mentioned before that they started, uh, was it Baltimore Stat? I think we had Capstat in DC and a lot of cities have that where you just look at that data. And I think 311 has led um, these cities and having data specialists and innovation teams and performance teams that really weren't there before the, because that data wasn't there. And I think, you know, just listening to what uh, both of you are saying, I think that as a, uh, you know, key performance indicators are very important when it comes to 311 systems. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, I, I, you know, I've gone to jurisdictions where they don't keep any stats or they don't, you know, they can't tell you like how long something takes. They just kind of guess them. And, oh, I think it'll take two weeks. Well, you know what, historically it's taken 10 days, like you said, or or seven days. So it's important to relay that to the public. Now, let's say, for example, I do call in about a pothole and you say, hey, like, um, you know, how, it, it, does it normally go online where, in some jurisdictions, does it go online where I can check my service requests or do I have to call back? Uh, what, is, what, what are most jurisdictions doing nowadays? Well, we mentioned social media. We have, you can put your service requests in on the web. You can use your mobile app. You also can check on a service request through those portals. So you don't necessarily have to call 311 to check on a service request. And also when the work is done, you would get, if you left your email address and everybody's kind of used to doing that now, you will get an email that says your service request has been complete. Now that does a couple of things. Maybe it wasn't completed to the customer satisfaction. That may trigger a and we want it to because we want to make sure that we're doing things to people's satisfaction. So you can check your service request in Baltimore and all the portals that we have available, even if you called it into the call center. So now with the, with 311, I know in like, let's say, for example, the state of Florida just passed the ordinance that say um, that you can't uh, file an anonymous complaint. Because I know sometimes people, you know, want to report something and just don't want, you know, they don't. 
they feel that it's going to be retaliatory with the neighbor or something. So do you guys take anonymous complaints, uh, 311, or, or does somebody have to leave a number? I mean, how, does, how do different jurisdictions across the United States handle those types of uh, concerns? Well, in Baltimore, we will allow you to put in something anonymously, and we understand um, the safety and privacy of people. And we'll go out and check it out just like we would do any other service request. Um, we just don't have anyone to communicate with. If we, if the person that goes out to check it out has a question, we don't have anybody to communicate that with. But yes, you can leave anonymous complaints on all portals, calling the web and uh, the mobile app. Okay. And, and do you find that that's normal across the U.S. with uh, folks that have three one one or Janice? Do you- yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty normal. Um, I think the only time you really have to leave your name is you know if it's something where someone's coming right on your property, like um, for example in D.C. rate ab- abatement, the rat abatement, they may have to go put some poison and you know whatever they put for the rats and make sure your dog's not out there. But other than that, yeah, we most jurisdictions allow um, anonymous. Okay. That's awesome. And then now, um, now as far as what's the average, I know uh, with Baltimore, but with other jurisdictions, what's the normal, you know, um, you know, volume of calls in a normal jurisdiction? What, what's what's the volume? What are we looking at per, let's say per day or per, per week, per month? Well, in Baltimore, when we first started, we were getting well over a million calls a year. And that also... Um, kind of equated to how your service delivery was doing and people um, knowing I'm going to call and just tell everything. Um, we're down now to about 700,000 calls a year. Wow. Um, so that's still a lot. We have a population of 650,000. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what else that happens is when you first open a 3-1 center, the call volume really goes up and then uh, services start getting better. The other agencies are held accountable, so people aren't calling as much. So they go up and then they kind of go down. But during this past year, and Lisa and I were just getting information from other cities, it's ironically that you're asking that, in FY2, FY21, because of COVID, there was a whole bunch of different calls through and really showed its weight and in, in, in the value um, because they started being used for, you know, 301 testing and vaccinations and you know, different services that were falling behind, what have you, because people got like trash pickup because a lot of the workers got COVID or were exposed. So um, a lot of cities took a lot more calls. So I think, you know, DC took about 2 million calls, but you know, they also handle everything, the city, Mm -hmm. county. I think we saw Denver had 500,000 calls, Baltimore was 2 million calls, Philly was, you know, over a million calls. So um, it depends. And a lot of calls are driven by what's seasonal or if there's, um, you know, like the protesting in Minneapolis, there was probably a lot of calls there. I don't know if you know, but the 301 there was in a police precinct and it got burned down during those protesting. And a lot of cities did get calls during that protests because 311 was really helping 911, you know, call us for this. So it all depends on the time, the city and what's happening in the, in the you know, public at the time. <laughs> wow. So there's like, an, like with code enforcement, there's an evolution of duties. You know, just like you said, like with COVID, we started getting the calls up like, hey, these people are operating like, you know, uh, very uh, <laughs> uh, low key. You know, the, the guy's getting his barber, you know, he's opening up his barbershop. Oh, yeah. You know, so we're getting, we got those calls or, you know, people um, building stuff to, you know, just to like the COVID calls. Same thing with the marijuana dispensaries. I mean, it, there's an evolution of code enforcement and just keeps growing, you know, stormwater or or um, what's the new one right now going on? Uh, short-term rentals. You know, we're we're getting those type of calls now. Have you seen an evolution in three one one since you know you, you've been doing this uh, two thousand eight and um, beyond? What have you seen a crazy evolution in three one one in the type of calls? I think, like Janice said, it's, it's based on what's going on, and we have seen that because what everyone is doing is depending more on three one one to get information out. <laughs> People already know to call. They they know three one one is is knowledgeable of things that are going on. So I it, it, I think to Janice's point, it really depends on what's going on. And things can spike in three one one just like they do in nine one one. If you have an accident, everybody's going to call with cell phones. They're going to call nine one one. The same thing happens in three one one. If there's an event, water's running down the street, and all of a sudden it starts shooting out the street, everyone's going to call. So to the to the 
up to the minute what's going on event to planned events to unplanned events to COVID. Um, people really count on 311 now to get things out. During COVID, we were telling people where to pick up food, where to get services, all types of things, where to get tested. You know, that's kind of died off now, but then the other things will come up. Yeah. So w- one of the other questions that I had was when, you know, when with with three one one, do you use when you have a volume of calls? Let's say for certain areas, like you know, when you're doing your your data points, and you're like, okay, this area is very concentrated for this type of service. Do do you, does the jurisdiction normally look at that data and say, you know what, maybe we need to focus on this part of town? Does three one one assist with that? Again, everything starts, the data starts with 311 because everyone calls there to get city services. We actually map certain uh, certain uh, service requests so that agencies can actually deploy resources better. And also, um, we find that agencies use the 311 data to also determine not only if they're deploying resources, but if they have enough resources. And it's also used for predictive analytics. You know, you can look at um, maybe where there's a bunch of potholes after the snow in one street and say, well, maybe the draining isn't right. And that's why water is sitting there, because we every year we get a bunch of, you know, calls for this. So let's go fix that. So, yes, what Lisa said, the data, it all starts with the data. You know, and, you know, this is one of the questions that that's why I had the question was, you know, when, when you do get these types of, you know, a lot of times it's you you throw your resource at it, it solves a bigger problem so you get those less i mean i'm not saying that you want to reduce your calls but you focus on the needs of the that particular jurisdiction and you know it all comes from 311 and a lot of folks may not realize the importance of that data and you know it, it just it, i mean it just it's it just morphs you know so i think it's important to, like with any any type of city service that you you keep that data and you like analyze it and say hey these are the community needs and this is where we need to focus our resources yeah so now is, is there any any particular type of um you know that any do you guys have any good stories as far as uh three on one like you're like hey this turned into a bigger you know any any do you have any stories like that i always love stories <laughs> Stories are always interesting. Um, you know, I, I, we have, I'm sure Janice, especially Janice, and I, we talk about it all the time. Again, I can't just stress how many people do call 311 and how many people depend on 311 for both um, the things that they need to know, things they need to do. Uh, even the school system, um, we've actually helped the school system by doing some outreach in terms of making sure children have the shots before they go to school. Um, you always have those funny stories about the folks calling about the pizza and the baby crying and those types of things. But the real story is in um, how we're helping the citizens and the visitors of Baltimore, because we get a lot of visitors in Baltimore, Um, again, especially depending on events. Um, We just hosted a major basketball tournament this last week. So, you know, you've got a lot of people coming into the city that don't know. So, you know, you may think that some of their stories are interesting and funny, but we have to go back and say we appreciate the visitors and they don't know. So we've got to help them navigate. So, you know, stories are endless, but we appreciate we appreciate every one of them. Now, with Code Enforcement, we have your frequent flyers. So do you have frequent flyers at the 311? So, <laughs> Not only for Code Enforcement, but for a lot of other things. So yes, we do. And once again, we appreciate them because <laughs> they tell us what's going on. We also, as Janice said, you use data to be proactive. We also have folks that we realize that their recycling is always missed. And when we dig into it, we realize they're putting it out there on the wrong day. So we do try to cut down our frequent flyers that we can educate. We use the data to educate customers or even educate blocks and find that maybe that signage was a little confusing. So, um, yes, we do have people that we kind of know by heart. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, and, and that's, you do get those calls where, you know, somebody's getting parking tickets and they're like, there's no sign. And, you know, you realize, hey, there's no sign. So, you know, mm-hmm. you go out there and, and go install a sign or, tell, you know, refer it over to public works and say, hey, we need a sign out there. People are getting confused and stuff. So that, that's always good to hear. It's always good to hear. So, 
So now, as now as far as three one one, is there a national association for three one one? Is there for three one one operators, or, or is there uh, any any type of association for like any conferences that normally people uh, in the three one one industry would uh, be part of? Yes, yeah, there, there are, and Lisa and I have been there at the forefront of the beginning of them. Um, unlike nine one, that has a big, huge. Uh, you know, like APCO or NINA kind of organization. There are two that are very, very helpful and they do have uh, conferences and they do have a nice community. And one is called Engage 311 and they'll be having a conference in May. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be in person and that's in Phoenix. And the other one that's been around longer is called the AGCCP. It's Association of Government Call Center Professionals. And that is... Um, it's a low fee to join it, and it's by city, not by person, so it's really affordable. And they have a really great conference, too, and they have a, um, really good webinars and uh, a community board. Like, if you wanted to go and ask something about a CRM or technology, and people are very willing to um, respond. The Engage Through one is just a, uh, um, a breakout conference uh, at a CS Week, which is a utility conference. But a lot of people um, go to that one, too, and they have some webinars. So they're both very good organizations, especially for someone who wants to start a 311 or learn about a 311. It's a really great group of people. Awesome. Very, very nice. So, um, also, um, let's say somebody wanted to start a, a 311 system in their jurisdiction. Is there any grants available or, or what's the, um, what's the, you know, I guess the foundation of build one? What, how does a community start this? Well, I, I don't know about every city, but I know in Atlanta's 311, they received, um, um, a grant from Bloomberg's philanthropy like a lot of cities do. Um, he gets grants to different cities for different um, reasons, and Atlantis did, did receive a Bloomberg camp, uh, grant. That's awesome. Cool. And we have Rachel joining us. So how you doing, Rachel? Good morning, you beautiful ladies and Pete. I'm so sorry I was late to the party. Um, I had an appointment this morning that ran late, but I had so many questions for you amazing women. Um, you know, just looking up a little bit about what you two do. Um, I don't know exactly what you've talked about already, but thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for providing a service that most people or most um, community members don't even know exists. Um, for myself, I've used it for the simplest thing of what's going on with the road over here you know why is this closed or you know what what's going on so thank you for what you do and really that was my question is how do you engage your community leaders and getting them to understand that this service is so important and powerful and that there's a group out there that offers it you know what are some some suggestions suggestions that you might have to go back and talk to my leaders about how do we get this awesome service here but I think that, you know, we touched on it really starts at the top. Um, your city leader, your mayor, your city council, your city administrator, you have to make sure that you have buy-in or at least they support the system. And usually as we've gone over the years, um, mayors embrace 311. Ones that don't have uh, 311 will reach out and figure out what to do. Um, in Baltimore, because we've been here so long, um, I don't know what citizens would do if we tried to change the process. So they're our biggest supporters. I mean, it's very easy to dial three numbers and move on and get something done. So right. we've been here so long, People just know, visitors know, we have billboards, you know, visitors know to call 311. So. And, and just for a little history, there are over like 350 311s now, and they're also in Canada. So Canada, you know, Toronto and Calgary and um, all of them have um, 311 centers too. Mm -hmm. So there's so many now that when a new mayor comes in or someone wants to go to mayor and talk to it, there's so much research. They can go right next door. They can, you know, a lot of mayors know each other. They can call each other and uh, and get feedback. And the number has been used in a lot of different ways. The Navy has a 311. The um, Veterans Administration has a VA 311. And the um, country of Panama has Panama 311. So it's been adopted in a, different, a lot of different ways. Some states are looking to see if they can have a state 311. I know Maryland was looking at that at one time in Pennsylvania. So the number has taken off. So it's not too hard to convince a mayor that you need a 301 number to help your uh, community. So what I'm hearing is I need you two to come to Colorado to help me convince because I'm not doing a good enough job. <laughs> where, do you, where do you live in Colorado? 
Um, well, right now I'm in the Westminster area, but <laughs> well, you have Denver and Denver. Denver, Denver does use three one one, and they're mm -hmm. a huge supporter of it. I mean, these larger municipalities you tend to see have these services. Um, you know, as most of you know, I work in a very small town, um, so you know, utilizing a, a service like this isn't necessarily something that they're interested in right now, only because they don't know about the power and the beauty of what this can do. So, so thank you for coming on today, and thank you for. Yeah, the, the beauty is too a lot of small cities have 311 right it's not all just big cities there's a lot of you know very small cities that utilize 311 too it's a great and i think personally it's important to, you know when i when i pitch an idea to any any you know mayor or city managers i i personally always come with a lot of uh, you know, like an arsenal of information. So let's say, for example, with these associations that, you know, that provide, um, you know, education at 311 or resources 311, do any of them have any like templates or any statistics on what other cities are doing? Or or would you recommend more like just reach out to a neighboring city, say, hey, how did you guys do it? Because Baltimore may be, I, I rather look at Baltimore than, than, you know, Denver, you know, so is there any, 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 resources out there for a general person to say, hey, mayor, city manager, this is what 311 does, this is what um, what it can do, and this is what I want to see, you know, would like to see implemented. Well, again, the, the family of 311 is always willing to help. I know, it, personally, I get a lot of phone calls, I'm willing to help, I'm willing to share, and everyone in the group's willing to do that. Um, as Janice said, 311 is really taken off, so most mayors know they can call another mayor if they really have a question, and those questions usually funnel back down to us, but the, the family of <laughs> One, one now is just, it's incredible. You can just call someone and we're always willing to help. It's no need anymore to reinvent the wheel. Um, so I think that's a very positive thing. And this is why we have the OGs of the 311 system on the call today. <laughs> I say, you know what? Just go straight to the source. You know, we have questions. And, you know, I, I try to ask these questions for the general public. You know, I've been in, uh, you know, I've used 311 myself, you know. So, but. I, to me, I think it's 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 important for those in in um, in different jurisdictions to say, hey, this is a system that may work for us. It may be a benefit to our constituents. It may be a benefit to, you know, to uh, make us more accountable to the public. And you know, it's important for me. That is so so vital and so crucial to. And you know, if, if you guys don't know Rachel, she's Miss Customer Service. You know, she would be a great three one one person. My opinion, she's a great code enforcement person, but her heart is in in customer service. And what you, you what I'm hearing today is three hundred one is based around customer service and good service delivery. I mean, that's bottom line. That's what I'm hearing today. That's what three hundred one is. We're here to serve the public and 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 service their needs and their needs uh, are met. So, yes, absolutely. We're proud of the brand, and you know, we we love that it works. I mean, someone told me in the so I said I ran through one here and some lady at the parking lot of Grister said, oh, I love it. They're so great. And, you know, I don't even run it anymore, but I felt so proud about it. <laughs> you should. You should. You're amazing. And what you ladies have done is just amazing. And, and you know, just just growing it and, 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 you know, being from the start, you know, and I've seen how it's blossoming even more. And I mean, you just mentioned it's in Panama. I'm like, you know, I've never done anything now. It's in Panama. <laughs> you know so but um well you know um thank you for all the information it's been great i, I think you know um those jurisdictions that don't have 311 uh, would benefit from a 311 system you know um, these ladies are available um you know they're a wealth of knowledge janice and lisa thank you very much for coming on on this national 311 day on 311. Very fitting. Janice was the brainchild of this. She goes, let's do it on 311. I'm like, oh, duh. You know, you, you know we always just use 311 as an unofficial day, but it is now a national 311 day. Um, I want to give a shout out to the cities that really made it, you know, on the calendar. And that's San Jose, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Oakland, and Santa Clara. In 2020, they got together and um, you know, paid for it to happen and get us on the calendar. So it is a national day and there are cities like I think uh, mayors come and take calls in three one day. I know Lisa, your mayor is going to be there. Um, New Orleans mayor was there. They had a big 
crawdad, crawfish celebration and music and people really go all out. And it's really nice. A lot of times the mayors do come in and take calls. And that is really great because they'll say, that's a lot of calls for broken meters. That's a lot of calls for you. <laughs> You're helping them with the call. And then the constituents love when they say, is this really the mayor? So yeah, right. I don't know. What is your mayor going to do today, Lisa? Well, he's had he's had a couple of things going on today, and I, I'm happy to say too, the whole city embraces um, 311. Um, in fact, it was a celebration today at 12, and because Lisa can't tell time is specific, I had to tell them I'll catch them soon after I get off the call. But um, we just we do we go all out. We have proclamations from the mayor. Um, it's it's very interesting you know we are all working remotely now we've been working remotely now for two years and one of the things that we celebrate um when you're together in 311 i mean we would have had our luncheons we everything uh the, the room was was decorated it's really a big deal it really is and the proclamation from the mayor and the national um recognition is really we really take that very seriously and we're very proud of that you know, it's always important for your, your leadership to see what you guys do from, you know, because like I said, a lot of people don't realize that you guys are front staff. You guys are the face of your jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though they don't see your face, they hear your voice. <laughs> but, you know, you're still front line, front and center. And, you know, that's something to be proud of, and especially, you know, with a customer service background. That's that's always important in any jurisdiction, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're here to serve our public. Mm -hmm. so. That's right. So, but with that, uh, thank you very much for both being here today. I told you an hour would be swing by really fast, which it did. You know, I'm pretty sure we missed a bunch of topics and a bunch of good stories, but, um, you know, it always happens. But thank you on this National 311 Day, also um, International Women's Month. Thank yeah. you, ladies, for being on here. It's it's thank you very much for all your contributions in the three one one system and just in our in our building industry and in our you know municipal government industry. So thank you very much and thank you for having us. Thank you thank for you. this was a great forum for us to uh, brag about three one one. So we really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, you you're three one one. I'm code enforcement. We know we get together and just party all day long. You know. <laughs> Ladies, thanks for letting me pop on and hear the last little bit. You know, I echo exactly what Pete said. You know, thank you for your efforts and bringing the communities together, but not only the communities, but getting your leadership um, to see what you do and no better way to do that than have them answer those calls. So thank you for your continued support of being a public servants as well. You're amazing. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. No, no problem. All right. Thank you, ladies. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Good day. Bye. Bye.